Hi, everyone, and welcome to Happy Hour at Land. I'm Ashley. And I'm Keely. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ashley. I haven't seen you other than via Zoom in a while. I know. It's been a long time. It's like our new normal yes, now. I know. I don't mind it. I have to... I, I enjoy being like business on the top and party on the bottom, you know, for Zooms. Right, right, right. But I'm on the <laughs> bottom right now. Are you on the top or the bottom? <laughs> oh. I mean, with your clothes. Oh, is that what you oh. get into? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Are you excited for today's episode? I sure am. You know why? Because it's an F word episode. Woo. I know. So all of you should be excited, too, because we haven't done an F-word episode in a while. So I think we got a good one for everyone today. Kaylee has a great fraud story. So Yeah, yep. I found a super interesting story to tell everybody. But first, let's do our quote for the episode. Ashley, do you have something for us? I do. I decided, okay, I'm not a jokester. I don't like comedy. I'm not funny, but I decided to try a joke. So I'm going to try it out. So here we go. (laughs) Okay, ready? The phone rang. I was woken up by the call telling me I've committed tax fraud. Naturally, I told them they must have had the wrong number because I don't pay taxes. <laughs> That's a I good know. one. It's That's find, perfect. Know, it's, it's hard to find quotes in, like that are funny or, you know, I mean, about tax fraud because it's really not funny. So you got to find yeah, humor in it somehow. Yeah, I agree. And like our quote for our last fraud episode was so intense. Remember, something like, if you see fraud, but don't say fraud, you are a fraud. You are you know, a fraud. It was like very heavy. <laughs> right. So I like, so I like to, try to lighten lighter. it up. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive in. The story I have for you, like I said, I think is very interesting. And as Ashley and our listeners will know, I love podcasts, and so I'm always on the hunt for, like, the next podcast to listen to, and I found that the CNBC show American Greed has a podcast, and I enjoy the show, so, of course, I had to subscribe to the podcast feed, and I was looking over the episodes and saw one called The Fake Housewife of Orange County. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be good. (laughs) Yes, I know. You know that I just have such an affinity for all of the Real Housewives franchises. And so when I saw this, I was like, done and done. That's perfect. So to learn about the case, I listened to the podcast episode. And then I also read some articles from CNBC and LA Times. And so that's where I've gotten all my information for today's story. And our story starts with a woman named Elizabeth Mulder, and her friends and family call her Lizzie. She's in her late 20s. She's a mom and owns her own business called Mulder Financial Consulting in Laguna Beach. So there's another reality TV shout out for you. I don't know if you, Ashley, were a fan of Hills. LC. Yes. Yes. So that's like what I have in my mind this entire time. So Lizzie is a... CPA, who graduated with honors from Pepperdine, and she provides bookkeeping, tax, and other accounting-related services. And like Blandon Associates, she has a great reputation for helping small business owners. Her husband is working to become a firefighter, and they have two kids. So Lizzie and her family just living this great life in Laguna Beach. 
One of Lizzie's clients is a guy named Jay Avery, and he hired Lizzie to take care of some bookkeeping for his startup wine business called Jack Wines. And Jay told American Greed that a friend referred him to Lizzie and told him, Lizzie, she's great. She's got a great personality. She's a hard worker and she'll get done what needs to be done for your business. And so I don't Ashley, if you got a referral from someone and that's what they said, you would go with them right away, I assume. For sure. So Jay jumps right on board. He was so excited to start working with Lizzie. And in fact, he was going through some personal issues. And so after quickly trusting Lizzie, he contracted with her to act as his chief financial officer or CFO. Even after his health issues were resolved, things were going so well under Lizzie's CFO leadership. Jay left her in place. There was no reason to make any changes. In fact, sales had increased 25% under Lizzie's leadership. And there was a potential new investor called the Wine Trust that was going to help Jack Wines grow the brand from the local Laguna business to one that distributes wine globally. So things were just going so well. Another client of Lizzie's that heavily depended on her services was her friend, Lauren Skacia. And Laura, Lauren was Lizzie's hairstylist. And they kind of arranged this cool barter system. Lauren would do Lizzie's hair and give the family haircuts. And Lizzie would do the bookkeeping and any sort of accounting that Lauren needed. And so Lauren got an opportunity to open a franchise of a Tony and Guy salon, which is like a luxury salon franchise. And so Lauren was super thankful to have Lizzie help her with the finances as she embarked on that new endeavor. And just to show or demonstrate how helpful Lizzie was to her clients, one day when Lauren and her employees were locked out of the payroll system on payday, Lizzie dropped everything and came to the salon and cut manual checks for 44 employees. So, you know, bends over backwards, just truly, truly excelling at customer service for all of her clients. And Lizzie's clients viewed her as more than just her accountant. They viewed her as a friend. She was very much involved in their personal lives. And they all just saw her and thought she was a superstar. She was so hardworking and always there for them when they needed her. She routinely had clients over to her house in Laguna. That's where she operated out of, was just a home office in her home. And she generously donated $5,000 worth of wine to Lauren for her wedding. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like, uh, everyone just thought she had this perfect life. You know, she was this great CPA and this great friend and this great mom and this great business owner and just so many things. It just really seemed like she had, had it all. So circling back to Jay, the wine, uh, the wine owner, he was getting excited about this potential investor and, and the fact that it would expand his brand. And so they were making plans to meet this investor in person. And the day of the meeting, it was supposed to, they were supposed to meet in Seattle. So they were going to fly from California to Seattle. And the day of the meeting, Lizzie called Jay and so that the investor was requesting a last minute background check and Jay had already submitted on Jay. So the investor was asking for a background check on Jay 
and he had already done several background checks. So he was kind of resistant about this. He just didn't understand why it was needed. And so Lizzie to the rescue, she said she would go meet with the investor and get it all sorted out. But Jay, he insisted that he was going to attend the meeting with her because this was just such a big deal and so important to right. his business. And so shortly before they were scheduled to take off for the meeting in Seattle, Lizzie called Jay and said the investor was no longer able to meet and the deal oh. fell through. This was just supposed to be, you know, everything for Jay. And so he was completely distraught by this. He said on the episode of American Greed that he's not a crier. He just viewed himself as such a tough guy. And when this happened, he just bawled. He was just so Oh, upset. that's so sad. So things for Lauren are going well. Lizzie's other client, the salon is just, taking off and everyone's working hard and they're just seeing as many clients as they can. And they feel like it was just such a successful move to do this franchise and have Lizzie be involved. And so they keep dealing with weird payroll issues. It seems like every two weeks, more problems are popping up, but Lizzie's always there to cut manual checks if they need them and make sure all of the employees are getting paid. So then one day at the salon, the lights go out and some of the clients are joking like, can you imagine like your mid blow dry? And then all of a sudden the lights are gone. (laughs) So everyone's joking. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) it. Who, who messed up here? You know, we've got color treatment on our hair. Like this needs to be sorted out. So they, Lizzie help please fix the situation because they thought they were on auto pay for their electric bills. And so, Lizzie says, yes, do not worry. You are on auto pay. I'll look into it and and get this resolved. So shortly thereafter, Lauren's business partner receives a call from the electricity company and they tell her they think it was a fraudulent situation and the lights were turned back on in less than an hour. And it seemed like all was good. Something was weird about the call, but Lauren and her business partner forgot all about it. They, They thought the call sounded strange, but it also seemed legitimate. So they were just happy the lights were back on and thankful that Lizzie was able to call and and get the matter taken care of so quickly. For sure. So back to Jay, when that deal fell through with a prospective investor for Jack Wines, his wife was really upset and frustrated on his behalf. Obviously, you know, she just feels terrible for her husband that, that this happened. And so she decides that she's going to get further involved in his business. And she starts to look through some of his financials and the bank statements. And as she starts to look through that information, she finds out that things are not as they seemed. Oh no. Starting to sound familiar. (laughs) (laughs) So After a year or so of running the salon, Lauren and her business partner felt like the finances of the salon should have been better, that they should have just been in a better position. They were working hard and all of the stylists in the salon were seeing customers throughout the day and they just felt like it should have been more profitable. And so they thought, you know what, let's start, let's think about maybe getting a different CPA. 
But before they have a chance to even start searching for another CPA, Lauren gets a phone call from Lizzie's husband. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So back to Jay. Jay and his wife, after she has looked over the bank statements, they head to the fraud department at the Laguna Police Department. And what they found out was that Lizzie had been carrying out a check fraud scheme. Lizzie was sending fake invoices to Jack Wines. When she would go to pay the bills for Jack Wines, she would transfer the money to her account and then create fake receipts to show that she had paid the expense. Oh, my goodness. I know. So it's so bad for Jack. Yes. So Detective Marakian is the name of the detective that starts working the case. And so he's the one that met with Jay and his wife and he's working on the case. And then all of a sudden a man walks into the police department and he wants to turn over evidence of a fraud being perpetrated. And that man was Lizzie's husband. Holy cow. Yes. What? So he he was worried because he his dream was to be a fire firefighter and so he had worked really hard obviously to get that job and so he was afraid that if he knew about a crime and didn't report it it would jeopardize his future as a firefighter and also the other thing was is Lizzie was friends with these people with Jay and with Lauren and and so they had all hung out husbands and wives and everyone hung out so Lizzie's husband knew these people personally and he he also just couldn't sit by and and watch his wife do this and so he gave so he gave the detective a list of her clients and the detective called the clients and all of the clients of course said no way. Lizzie would never do that. And so the detective told these people, look at your bank statements and call me tomorrow. And the next day, he had seven businesses call him back to report the fraud. Oh, my goodness. So going back to Lauren, Lizzie's husband actually called her himself when he was on this mission of, of turning in the fraud. You know, he had went to the police department. He had also called Lauren and told her about the fraud. And he, he said, Lauren, are you sitting down? And she thought something terrible had happened to Lizzie, that she had been in an accident. And so then he told her, you know, look at your bank statements for any checks written to a vendor called income tax payments. And oh so Liz, uh, Lauren goes to her bank statements and finds 82 checks totaling $292,000. Oh, Yes. And so what Lizzie had done was she had created a company called Income Tax Payments and was writing the checks to that company. And so whenever her clients would see that in their general ledger activity, they would think, okay, great, we're paying our payroll taxes, we're paying our business taxes we owe. You know, that's just all they thought was, was happening. And in fact, it was Lizzie just paying herself. So wouldn't somebody like the bank, if you're opening a new business account called income taxes, I know you can give your, your banking account, like your checking account can be called Ashley's checking or Ashley's business checking or, and maybe people do call some of their like 
their names for their accounts, certain things. But wouldn't the bank be kind of suspicious when it says uh, income tax account or whatever? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And in fact, I think they tried to kind of bring in the bank as having some liability in this situation because you're exactly right. Obviously, an account, a company name called Income Tax Payments is very suspicious, but I don't know, you know, if they have any anything they can do to, to tell people like, no, you can't call your right. account, you know, Business. that or your company name is too suspicious for us to open an account for you. But it is something that the victims of this fraud were wondering themselves because, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just crazy. And so oh. the other, the other thing that's kind of crazy about this, and it just shows how unfortunately like savvy Lizzie was is, some of her other victims were a travel agency and a Pilates studio. And most of these businesses were women owned. And so what Lizzie would do is she would personally befriend the owners and then cheat them out of their money. So just makes it, you know, just more, much more damaging when it's someone that you thought was your friend. Right. Women supporting women. Let's Um, get it together. Exactly. Exactly. And so we did this with our other F word episode. Um, Ashley, give some guesses on what you think she spent the money on. So when you said 200 and some thousand dollars, that was just one company? Yeah. Okay. So last time it was horses and barns and everything. So, but you said she did give money back to like the people, like for someone's wedding, she donated $5,000 worth of wine. So I would assume each specific situation would be beneficial to that company like the hair salon maybe she gave them a big charity check or something oh you're giving lizzie more credit than you should so i didn't i didn't go into detail on that wine situation but what happened was she told lizzie told jay at jack wines that this potential investor needed a bunch of wine to try to see if they wanted to invest in the company. And so Lizzie took that wine that Jay produced and that's the wine that she donated to Lauren. Oh gosh. So this guy and whatever was made up. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And so what had happened was Lizzie had gotten one of these systems where it was like, uh, I'm sure it was over the internet, but it was a, a phone system where you could disguise your voice and also make your phone number appear from any any number that you wanted it to look like. So Lizzie, oh like when she called, so she is the one that called pretending to be the electric company to the hair salon. And she was oh. able to disguise the phone number to look like it was the phone number of the electric company. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, she poses a potential investor and she was able to use the voice altering feature of the of the system oh. to make her voice sound like a man um, as if she was the investor. So, so awful. So, yeah, she she really had it well thought out. And as you might suspect, living in California, she succumbed to all of the pressures of living the Laguna Beach lifestyle. Oh. So she spent money on like a full, full plastic surgery, mommy makeover, uh, her house, house, like overlooking the ocean. And she had pretended to own it, but they were just 
renting it. They went on amazing vacations with her family. And then similar to our other F word episode, she also spent the money on horses. <laughs> oh my God. Horses must be yes, like yes. frog people spend their money on. <laughs> yes. Apparently like it's a symbol of how well off you are, I guess, because Lizzie was into these Arabian horses. And so they interviewed on the podcast, one of the women that she bought the horses from and the woman said, you know, she didn't really seem like she was into riding them, but I saw she kept posting pictures of it on Facebook. And so it kind of gave the impression that like, it's not that she really enjoyed horses. It was more about the status of owning one. Status quo. Yep. So ultimately Lizzie confessed and it turns out that she was not even a CPA and did not graduate from Pepperdine she was actually a saleswoman for a fertilizer and soil <gasps> company. So she oh was God. working a full-time job as a saleswoman and then like moonlighting as a CPA. So I, I don't, Holy there must cow. have been like 48 hours in her day because being just a normal CPA, sometimes 24 hours and they are enough. And so I don't know how yes. she was able to pull Tax off. Season. Though, but no, that is wild. <laughs> yes. So she originally faced up to 23 years in prison, but after agreeing to a plea deal, was sentenced to 63 months and ordered to pay more than $1.5 million in restitution to seven victims, oh. including the business owners that she embezzled from and then also the IRS. And as a result of these crimes, she had to plead guilty to wire fraud and subscribing to a false tax return, which are both felonies. Wow. So a few takeaways for our listeners today. So thinking through how Lizzie accomplished this, and I I didn't get to go into the nitty gritty of, of the embezzlement scheme. I recommend if you want more information to go track down that episode of the American Greed podcast. But how Lizzie accomplished this was a few different ways. The first one is if we look back at Lauren and the salon, the payroll. And so payroll, most companies use either a system or a vendor to handle payroll. And Lizzie took this outside of the system. And so the payroll system itself would have just been processing it and making direct deposit. By taking it out of the system and having to cut manual checks, that allowed Lizzie to circumvent some of the internal controls that Lauren might have thought were in place. Um, it, it took those out of um, out of rotation, and then it also allowed Lizzie a couple extra days to float the cash by doing these manual mm. checks instead of doing direct deposit. And so, just in general, doing things outside of an established process creates a huge risk for both fraud and error. Another example I can think of, and this is not specific to Lizzie's situation, but just something with our clients that I see on occasion is the bank reconciliation process. And most accounting software has a module or a process built within the software to do your bank reconciliation. And sometimes I see clients take this out of the system and they'll just do it in Excel or write on the bank statement in a PDF or something like that. And that's, 
that's really creating a, potentially a problem for yourself. It's making you your business susceptible again to fraud or error by not utilizing the software the way it's intended and increasing the risk that something could slip through the cracks. Another thing that Lizzie did was she tried to create chaos and then make herself look like the hero. So you heard me talk about a couple different situations with the salon, but even with Jay and Jack Wines and the investor, you know, she really just tried to create um, trouble and then portray herself as, yeah, she's the savior. She's here. We can depend on Lizzie. And that's what really established that trust between her clients Mm -hmm. and herself and why they relied on her so much, obviously too much. And uh, another thing was access to writing checks. Both businesses gave her the ability to make payments on their behalf. And that that can be a, a common service that is outsourced. But the problem is the business owner still needs to have some sort of accountability as to what checks are being written, what bills are being paid. There still needs to be some oversight. And so that is another way that Lizzie was able to continue with this for so long. We talked about it in our other episode, the F word, our previous F word. And then also when we had Justin Fraundorfer, a CFE on, you can't just let one person have all the financial control. Right. And, you know, in this situation, these people thought they could trust her. They thought she was their friend outside of the business world and and she wasn't and we in our line of work will see fraud perpetrated by family members i mean it's just it's sad but you have to be skeptical and like ashley said dual control there has has to be more than one person that has access to everything being so, like me i don't have like a cpa background or anything like that i do the marketing at bland so i mean i come from 10 years in the bank but you think if I was going to open a business and I saw like a CPA or someone to their defense, I would a hundred percent, I mean, do my research first to see if they have good reviews, ask people about them. But like I would a hundred percent trust somebody else to do all this because I know nothing about it. So I would just, but then a second thing that would kind of make me weary is like with our client accounting services department, I know we use QuickBooks online or other, you know, um, programs, mm-hmm. but like our clients also have access to these so where they can see what's going on, what's being inputted or input inputted, which one is it? it, it either way, like they can see what's going on yep. in the account. So I just feel like, you know, note to all of our listeners, if they're opening an account, just make sure you, if you have a funny feeling, you just research it, you ask the questions and if they can't answer it, you know, Find, reach out to a different CPA firm or even within Bland, we have the forensic accounting. And before I worked at Bland, I didn't know where that was, but you know, now I do. So mm-hmm. even if you just reach out to Justin and just say, Hey, here's my questions. Here's what's going on. Like Bland is more than happy to, you know, tell you our two cents, their professional, you know, opinion. And, and if it's something we can help with or, you know, resource it out to more professional, the police, whoever, you know, it's, it's just something right. if you have a gut feeling, you're usually right. You should probably check into it. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, I mean, it's just like anything. When you seek medical advice or legal advice, you might go to a few different people to get a few different opinions. And unfortunately, there, you know, there's 
bad apples everywhere. And, and she wasn't a CPA, but she did hold herself out to be a CPA. And you have to do some diligence as a business owner. You know, that's, that's why we have our back office at Bland, our, our bookkeeping and client accounting services is we want our business owner clients to be able to focus on running the business. And so I'm sure it's a huge relief to turn over the financial side to somebody else and not have to worry about that. But at the same time, there still can be things that you implement to help protect yourself. So for example, the mail, you know, um, these businesses would have been getting notices from the IRS that your payroll taxes haven't been paid, your maybe your corporate um, business taxes haven't been filed, or you know there would have been notifications about different things. The electricity company, I'm sure they would have sent a few collection letters before yeah. they actually turned off the electricity. So in this situation, of course, hindsight's 2020, but the business owners could have maybe made sure the mail was still being received and reviewed by them and then give the invoices to Lizzie to pay them uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah. Instead of, you know, my guess is that Lizzie was probably receiving the mail for both of these at companies. her place. Right. In this situation. And that's why she was able to control the narrative. And so again, it goes back to letting one person have full access to everything. So if there is a way to integrate yourself somehow in the process, we can't recommend strongly enough that you do that. And whether whether it be your wife or if you're a nonprofit and you're it's a small nonprofit and you only have the resources for one single employee, maybe a board member is willing to get involved. And there's just always some way to find someone else to get involved. And I think with what happened with these stories, it doesn't ring any truer than seeing someone that held themselves out as a friend committing, you know, such a, mm. an egregious act against these people. So right. that's, that's the case I have for you all today. I I thought it was so interesting, especially in the fact that she said she was a CPA. I mean, it just, you, you hate to be a skeptical person and I, you know, as an auditor, I'm trained to do that. That is my job is to be skeptical and question <laughs> everything. And I think everyone should have a little bit of skepticism in their, in themselves, especially when it comes to your business, you know, and if you are a small business owner and this is your livelihood that you've most of these, I mean, in both of these situations, both of these people invested a ton of their own personal money into Mm. the company. You just cannot protect it enough. And so, like I said, by making sure that you, have some oversight or some involvement in some way to have that check and balance built into the financial activity. Um, hopefully it saves people some heartache and, and, and uh, prevents people from going through something like this. Yeah. I, I just want to tag on a little bit at the end is, yeah, like I said before, if you have that gut feeling and you're just unsure, please, you know, feel free to reach out to Kaylee, Justin Frowndor for anybody, your CPA, um, and ask these, you know, key questions. We tell these stories so that you guys can all, you know, learn from other people's mistakes or hear some key signs. Or if you're going through any of this, you start thinking, oh, oh, shoot, is that me? Or is that happening to me? And then maybe you can mm-hmm. check into it with the, the few tips that we give you on these podcasts. Yeah, great point. Great point. 
All right. Well, as always, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please visit our website at www.blandcpa.com and leave us a note. We would also be super appreciative if you could rate and review our podcast on whichever app you use to listen to our podcast. So yes, so friends with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye. Bye. A Parkville Media Production. <laughs>